Welcome to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ricky Jane Adams, principal and founder of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence and creator of the Spiritually Fierce movement. Spiritually Fierce is not just a phrase. It is a movement of awakening consciousness of which we are all a part, if we want to be. In each episode, we'll explore what it means to be spiritually fierce, how to become it, and why it is the revolution in consciousness that will save the world. Join me and my fierce guests for deep conversations on spirituality beyond the trinkets and superstitions of the new age that will support you to increase your power to serve. Welcome. Welcome to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast, season three. And this season is just me. I am going to spend the season discussing my favorite subject, which happens to be intuitive intelligence. And I really want to give uh, as much value as I can. These are going to be shorter episodes and giving the keys, the tools, the central philosophy to the development of our highest form of intuition beyond the trinkets and superstitions of the new age, which is everything that I stand for. I am delighted to have your company for episode one which I have lovingly entitled What is the big effing deal with intuition? And I want to start here because as I have watched the Institute grow and develop over the last, where are we now, like seven to eight years, I have seen that the, I guess, the, the trends of intuition come and go, the popularity, the understanding, the misunderstandings, the misinformation, uh, the idea of what it is has developed as well as, you know, sort of gone backwards in some cases. And I watch all of it with curiosity and I'm aware that in the eight years that the Institute's been around, it's like a drop in the ocean. Intuition is part of our biology in one of its forms. It has many forms, but it is innate within every single human being on the planet. It isn't special or magical or unique until it is. And I guess my work is at that space, that gap between the ordinary, mundane, biological forms of intuition, which really should just be um, as commonplace as teaching our children to read and to safely cross the road and to eat their vegetables. We should teach them how to work with their biological forms of intuition, which help them understand how to thrive in the human experience. But we don't. We see intuition as magical, spiritual, sometimes even religious, but certainly not for the intellectual or the you know secular thinker, not for the reasonable person on this planet. It's saved for the uh, women, especially. That seems to be the association with intuition often in the cultural program is that it's a woman's thing um, and that it's something that's a little bit outrageous. And sometimes it might work. Sometimes it might actually result in some benefits, um, but mostly it's not to be taken too seriously and certainly not to be developed and trained. 
And I really want to, you know, not serve in that space and certainly debunk those ideas. And so where I serve is where intuition does become really, uh, yeah, special because it is uh, the form of intuition that has to be developed, has to be educated, has to be cultivated and has to come uh, or only comes into a life that is congruent with the desire to really be connected to the highest form of intuition. Just as if you want to go to Harvard or Cambridge or Oxford, you will have to make an extraordinary effort to secure the kind of grades at school that will allow you entry into those esteemed uh, universities. And while there's nothing elitist about intuition, because this education, as I'm doing right now and will be doing throughout this series, uh, can be accessed for free, it requires a level of discernment and choice. And the unfortunate truth is for the majority of people on the planet, they do not even know they have that choice. They don't even know they have their innate gut biological intuition. So why would they know or how could they possibly know that they have access to this incredibly advanced technology that helps us to decode the mysteries of life? So if you don't know me, my name is Dr. Ricky Dane Adams and I am the principal of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence. I reside in Melbourne on the east coast of Australia. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my brand new home. I'm in a new location since the last uh, series of the podcast, which was glorious and so beautifully received. And I loved having conversations with such an incredible group of people. But this time I really wanted to, yeah, just spend some time, you and me, getting intimate with our intuition, but not in an ordinary way. And that's what this season is dedicated to. So just a few little notes. I have a new puppy. She's about five months now and she has started to chill and become her own little person, but she can sometimes get a bit excited, interrupt and make a little noise. We're a pretty low tech podcast. We don't edit out things like that. So if you happen to hear some scrambling in the background, please know it's just Skipper living her best life. And I also live on uh, the train line in inner city Melbourne, brand new train line uh, that's at sort of height, my height, third floor building. Um, and it's so it looks like trains fly through the sky and it's not too busy, but you may occasionally hear a whooshing sound as a train goes past. And, you know, just accept that you're part of this inner city landscape uh, alongside of me. And I hope that the noises don't bother you too much. It's just a really incredible thing to be able to sit here and know that this information will be received uh, by people who may never have had the opportunity to think about intuition in this way, as well as my avid community who have been challenging themselves to go beyond the known of intuition for many years now. And that's really, again, who I serve. It's those people who have become aware of this non-dominant form of information, as in it's not transferred through the dominant five senses. You don't feel it with your physical body. It's something that's experienced through the subtle body. And we are not easily attuned to that subtle realm of information in our day-to-day -day lives, even though its truth is 
scientifically verified fact, right? So we are electromagnetic beings. We are constantly, unendingly producing fields of information. If we're not, we're dead, right? And so the people that I serve have had that initiation into an understanding of the difference between biological and non-biological forms of intuition. And I think what I'm going to do in this first uh, episode is actually talk about the biological forms of intuition, because even though I am interested in taking you beyond those, unless we understand what they are, we may not even realize we have them, right? And we may be missing out on a really great source of information that helps us navigate the world. So we are all producing an electromagnetic field. In the um, discussion of this in uh, the koshas, which is a way of understanding uh, the layers of our being from um, that's from um, Hindu understanding, we have what we call the pranamaya kosha, and the pranamaya kosha is that electromagnetic field body. It is the energy body in the true sense of your physical body producing an electrical magnetic signature that can be detected and is being detected all of the time by everybody around you. And you're not the only one producing that field. Everything is producing that field. My cup of tea, which I'm about to pick up and have a sip of. Everything in the known universe is producing an electromagnetic field that is sending out information and that we can and do receive information from all of the time, but largely we're doing that unconsciously. And so we put our beautiful uh, bodies, including that layer that is the pranamaya kosha, into the world. And we usually put our physical body into the world in a fairly clean state if we're, um, you know, operating within the normal laws of, of, you know, polite society. We'll wash our bodies regularly. We'll take care of it. We'll feed our physical body. We'll put it into the world in a state of being dressed and prepared to meet the day. But we very rarely think about this layer of the pranamaya kosha. We're not thinking about, uh, you know, how much have I cleansed and purified or amplified my energy body? How much have I attuned to the prana, the life force within me and checked? You know, do I need more rest today? Have I eaten well? Do I feel like I am uh, breathing properly? Have I got a lot of anxiety in my system? We just tend to plow through our days, either masking those feelings of exhaustion, anxiety, stress, hunger, uh, you know, fatigue, dehydration, whatever it is, or uh, we'll live in a reactionary state to those things. So we'll do say and and, um, engage in ways that are not actually accurate for how we are and who we are in the world, but we're reacting to these uh, unconscious impulses. And a lot of that comes from the pranamaya kosha or the energy body. Now I'm going to talk about in our next uh, episode, the subtle body, 
which can also be called the energy body. So I don't want you to get confused here because I'm actually talking about your physical biology right now. I'm not talking about your subtle body. I'm talking about your physical biology. Your physical biology produces an electromagnetic field that we are calling the pranamaya kosha. And that is influenced by uh, all of the things that go on in our day, all of the people we interact with, all of the energy fields uh, of others that we cross into, including of the natural environment around us. And we're either harmonized or deharmonized, brought into a higher frequency or a lower frequency by that interaction with uh, these other energy bodies around us. And just because we can't see it with our eyes doesn't mean we shouldn't attend to it, but we don't, right? We don't teach our children quantum physics. We teach them Newtonian physics. And so we are living in a world where we are uh, reacting to things that we can't, we're not even aware of. and one wondering why life feels so hard. We're losing prana or life force all of the time because we're not tending and caring to that body. But that body, that pranamaya kosha is communicating information and receiving information all of the time. And so we are never not in communication. And that is a form of intuition. And this form of intuition, HeartMath Institute calls energetic sensitivity. So through proximity with another or with the environment or with an object, I am picking up information and that information is influencing how my own pranamaya kosha is feeling. And that information could be really useful and I could actually find a way into understanding more about my own uh, state of being as well as that of others, uh, but I don't know how to understand it. I don't know how to decode it. I have never been taught that, so I am then at its mercy. And we might feel this if we, uh, this is where we will often be uh, falsely aligned or assigned uh, the idea of being highly sensitive or empathic. Well, you are, but so is everybody else on the planet because it's the very biological nature of being human, right? You are picking up those those information coming from the pranamaya kosha all of the time. What we are meant to do with that is, as we do with our physical body, cleanse, purify, take care of it, undress it of its day clothes at the end of the day, wash that body, attend to its needs which we can do through things like uh, prayer, meditation, through chanting, through breathing properly, through a whole range of things that I will share more with you as we go on the journey of this season. But we don't do those things. And so layer upon layer upon layer of other people's energy, other environments' energy, just case over us. And then we become numbed down or desensitized. And then it becomes even more confusing because we're sure that we understand things, but we don't know what we're understanding. So for example, if your partner comes in in a foul mood and you just feel really clear that they have had a bad situation, um, happen to them at work, for example. But when you ask them, hey, what's up with you? They instead, because they don't know how to process what they're feeling and may not even have a conscious understanding of what's going on for them at that level of their subtle body or their, their pranamaya kosha, will just say, oh, look, just could you just make the dinner and just stop asking me all these questions? 
So they reject your attempt to understand and then you doubt your own sense of what you have picked up. And because that person isn't cooperating because they're reacting from their own wounded uh, victim, perhaps maybe they were made to feel bad about themselves or their work was criticized and they don't know how to respond to that. You then doubt your own uh, intuitive knowing about what's happened or, and you react to that person by saying, well, you know, get your own bloody dinner and you know, I've had a hard day too and blah, blah, blah. And we saw these cycles upon cycles of the um, misalignment of the information that we've received because we don't trust ourselves because no one's ever taught us about this. We then doubt what we're receiving. Now, your partner is welcome to say, look, I don't wanna talk about what's going on for me. But if you had faith in yourself that you knew that what you're intuitively picking up from their pranamaya kosha was correct, you could just say, you know, I completely understand. How about I make dinner tonight? You just chill out for a bit and maybe in a little while you'll feel ready to talk. And we would stop having this reactionary response to the world because we trust ourselves and we trust the intel that we're receiving through our biological form of intuition, which is called energetic sensitivity. So you may experience this if your child is sick, you may get symptoms in your own body, or if you sit next to someone on the train and they happen to be you know, grieving the end of a relationship and you might just be overwhelmed with sadness, or if you go into a supermarket and there's hundreds of people around you and you just get overwhelmed with all of this different energy swirling around you and then you think, oh my God, I can't go to supermarkets anymore. I'm too highly sensitive to function in the world. And if you just understood, this is your biology, this is something that needs to be tended to. It's like saying, you know, if you never fed yourself that and you're constantly starving, hungry and your body's, you know, breaking down because you never fed it, that that's just the way it is. You know, you're just really, really like, you know, whatever that would be. It's nonsense. If you just go to the cupboard and get some food and feed yourself, all would be well again, right? And in the same way, if we learn how to tend to our subtle bodies, uh, sorry, our pranamaya kosher, our, our electromagnetic bodies, we would be able to clear the slate at the end of each day, at the end of each hour, at the end of each minute from the energetic uh, impulses that are coming from other people's fields. And sometimes it's completely unconscious, but sometimes it's quite intentional when you feel bombarded by someone else's energy. And we often call this people being energy vampires, right? Which is quite fun. Uh, and, you know, we can get a little bit down the rabbit hole with that if we want, but the truth is, you don't have to be susceptible to that if you're paying attention to your own subtle body, your electrical magnetic body, I keep saying subtle body, which we will get to, and it is part of it, but I'm trying to keep it simple. We, if we knew how to attend to this aspect of ourselves, this uh, more subtle aspect of ourselves that cannot be touched with the dominant five senses, life would become so much more easy. And we would not feel weighed down and burdened by this idea of being highly sensitive and empathic. We would just tend to ourselves. We would take care of ourselves. It's enough at the, you know, for example, at the end of the day, as you walk in to your home, you light a candle or some incense, you put down your phone, you don't turn on the TV straight away, you spend a few minutes maybe coming into your environment by just engaging in some prana, some deep breathing, cleansing, letting go of the day, taking off your shoes. This might seem like a small gesture, but I have a shoe-free house for this reason, that we're leaving the energy of the outside world behind. And we're coming into this really beautifully tended to temple of the home. 
We might wash our hands and as we do, we see all of the energy that we've picked up from other people during the day just washing away down the drain so that we feel certain that our energy is whole and complete unto ourselves. If there are lingering thoughts from the day and we're, you know, feeling like, you know, that trip to the supermarket has completely thrown us because we're feeling all like highly sensitive, we can just spend a few minutes tapping and tapping will be something I explain more about as we go on. But you can Google it and find lots of uh, resources for free, but you can also just begin tapping on the side of your hand with two fingers from the other hand. What we're doing here is we are uh, calming the amygdala in the brain and we're decreasing the stress response, which is often heightened because we are electromagnetic beings moving about in the world without any real awareness of it. So the world is a stressful place to us. So if I just calm the amygdala in my brain, I am creating piezoelectricity, which is passing through the meridian lines of my body or the nadis in a Hindu understanding. And we're sending energetic signals through the body that I'm safe, I can relax, I can let go of anything that is not mine to carry forward from this moment. I let go of my false ideas about other people. I let go of my belief that things went a certain way, that things didn't go my way or things you know, were more or less difficult based on all the stories in my head. Before I collapse in front of the TV with a glass of wine and shove some takeaway in my mouth to try to numb out this feeling of of being overwhelmed, I actually soothe my nervous system. I regulate myself. I come into a place where I can actually let go of everything that does not serve me. And in so doing, find perhaps some higher truth, some intuitive understanding, right? So... In that calm and receptive state, I move out of fight, flight, freeze or fawn and I can actually stop reacting to a mad, bad world and actually become present. And then I can reflect on my day. And this is where you might take out your journal and spend a few minutes going, okay, so my boss didn't actually take that action to personally punish me because they think I'm a wicked and terrible person. Actually, I can see they're really overwhelmed and stressed with everything they've got on their plate. And I just happened to walk into their office at the wrong time and they went off the handle at me. But I can feel through the information I received from their electromagnetic field, their pranamaya kosha, that there was overwhelm already and that I just happened to be the straw that broke the camel's back. And I can let go of that now with a fully conscious breath and maybe even direct towards that person who I believed had it in for me, some loving kindness and just holding the intention that everybody that I have met today feel as calm and relaxed as I do. And in five, 10 minutes, you've completely changed the frequency of your pranamaya kosha. You have completely opened your physical body, your mental and emotional body to a higher frequency. You have taken the information that's available through your energetic sensitivity and you've used it to have a deeper understanding of the meaning of the events of your day. You're no longer a victim to that life that you live. You're no longer ricocheting from one crisis to the next. So there's a lot in there and we're going to unpack it as we go along in this series. And I'm so excited to have begun there. But that is the first thing I want you to know. 
you have a biological form of intuition that is not fancy, not magic, not something you have to turn on. It's often called gut instinct, but in fact, it's more accurate to think of it as your electromagnetic body in communication with the world around you, which is also producing electromagnetic fields because we are fields within fields within fields. And when we learn how to work with this uh, sense that is part of the way that we are supposed to understand the world and make meaning out of it and have a deeper understanding and empathy for what is going on with others, then we have uh, created the access to those higher levels of non-biological forms of intuition. And we'll get to those as we go along. Thank you so much for joining me. As I said, I promise to keep these as short as possible so you can listen to them on the go. We will get into more practices to back up what I have shared here today, but I wanted to begin with some theory and stuff that may be in your consciousness but isn't very often talked about because we don't have very sophisticated conversations about intuition, unfortunately. And I am here to change that. It is my absolute privilege to serve you and I'll see you next time. In 2022, the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence is bringing you a whole new way to get qualified as a professional intuitive. The Intuitive Intelligence Method Accreditation is a 100-hour training program, including personal development, professional development, and spiritual development that will take your skills as an intuitive to the level of superconscious. This program is available online and in person across a range of different dates and deliveries in 2022 and 2023. We'd love for you to head to the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence.com to find out more about how you can get qualified faster and more efficiently to increase your power to serve.